Hey guys, welcome to Let Me Talk Podcast Season 3, Episode 63. In today's episode, we speak with Anna Patch. She's an actor, writer and producer. We talk about the beginnings of her journey with acting and why she wasn't wanting to do drama in high school, as well as her debut short film, Our Soul. Without giving anything else away, let's get into this episode. Hey Anna, thank you so much for coming on Let Me Talk Podcast today. I'm so pumped to have you here. Thank you so much, Zoe, for having me. I'm so excited to be chatting to you. Yeah, awesome. How have you been? How's how's your life post-COVID? I guess it's been a while now, but are you still kind of going through the repercussions of COVID or not really kind of back to the swing of things? Um, I feel like life is life's always an interesting journey. <laughs> um, and I think, you know, I think life is back to normal-ish, like what, like what is normal really? But um, I guess post-COVID it's finally feeling like it did somewhat beforehand, which is really nice. And, yeah, just going with the flow, doing the same kind of things. But now that everything's open again, it just makes life so much easier really. So that's – it's a good thing. Yeah, awesome. So on the podcast we start with a rapid fire um if you have been listening you probably heard the rapid fire questions by oh, now no. i try to change it up depending on the guests but um i think we're going to go back to the original for you so um are you keen to play yes awesome so the first question is who's your favorite like entertainer i guess and why like what entertainer inspires you the most Okay, so that is, it's a difficult one because so many people do, but I'd probably say, I'd say either Miles, I'm going to go Miles Teller just because he's one of my fave actors. Um, and I've, I've really loved watching his journey since I've loved Miles for a long time before, before Top Gun, like going way back. And I yeah. feel like people were like, oh, Miles Teller, I'm like, yeah, I liked him before you did. Um, no kidding. Um, and I just love how I just love how kind of free and open he is as a performer, as as an as sorry, and as a human. Mm-hmm. I saw a little video of him dancing on a red carpet, and I just thought that is the vibe that I love to have yeah. in my life. And he just he was just embracing the moment. So yeah. I think just his openness, yeah. Awesome. Um, the next question is film on t- film or TV. What do you prefer to watch? Look, I'd probably say TV. Yeah. Yeah. And um, do you have any like current, I guess, TV shows that you are like hooked on or that you would recommend people to watch? Yeah. So I have started watching Ginny and Georgia, yeah. and <laughs> I have only watched like maybe three episodes. Love it. Plot twists everywhere, and I'm here yeah. for it. And um, look, if you love reality, I recommend Too Hot to Handle. It's a vibe. <laughs> See, I watched the first season of that. I think it's because we we're all in COVID, and like yeah. everyone just watched the first season. But I just haven't like watched the other seasons. I don't know. I tried to watch season two and never got into it. But yeah, season one was definitely like definitely a vibe. But Ginny and Georgia, hundred percent, like. You got to get to the end of season two, though. I don't want to give it. Yeah, time. my friend told me. She said, "Oh, the season one was great. Season two just got even better." So I was like, "Okay, I'll definitely have to keep watching." Um, but I also recommend. I watched it like a year or so ago. But the bold type. It's on Stan. Loved it. It's like five seasons. Definitely recommend that as well. It's about three best friends who um, work in a magazine together in New York City. So that's also another recommendation that I want to put out there. Yeah, nice, nice. And the third question is um, indie or blockbuster? What do you prefer to watch? Prefer to watch, I'd say independent indie because it inspires me and I love this. I feel like the stories, I just know being an independent filmmaker that the stories are, there's a little bit extra more heart to it, you know? Yeah, 100%. I think so too. I recently watched an Australian one on Netflix called Bosch and Rocket. It's like based on the story love of um who far out what's his name again i need to look uh the character's name no 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 the the guy that like pretty much wrote it about his life it's something oh yeah tyler atkins yes yes i just couldn't get his like um last name um 
Yeah, that's really good. And that's like independent, like no um like no funding body, I guess. Mm. I which is crazy because it's actually yeah. really nice and really like um good hearted film, you know, like it's it's so there's so many layers and depths to it that it's like one of my favorite Australian movies that I've seen in a while, actually. Yeah, I would agree with you. I actually went to the premiere of that at Gold Coast Film Fest and I just remember sitting in the audience and I just felt so inspired by watching that film and I'm like, we we can make such beautiful films and TV with beautiful stories when we have the right people behind us and support and, yeah, but, and it's doing so well now. It's picked up on Netflix and the US has picked it up. Yeah, it's so good and... The guy that backed the film is just like a normal like guy just to say I think he has he he has a car dealership and he's like sold his house and backed the film like oh, wow. on the film because when I read about that I was like surely like Screen Australia or you know because it was filmed in Queensland like surely Screen um Queensland would have picked it up but they didn't and I was like wow that's so weird because it's like such a good film like they'd probably be like kicking themselves now yeah. but definitely <laughs> such a nice like it was good to see a father and son relationship too because you don't really get that much no so true and it's and also just so so australian with the surf and how like that bonds so many people here especially if you're on the east coast um 100%. yeah it was it's different but so so grounded in just the story it was it was so beautiful yeah so yeah, and you forget that it's independent, but it was 100% independent. And it's like, oh, yeah, it's just it shows you what you can do, right? Definitely, definitely. And the last question is, when are you most inspired? Oh, when I'm most inspired, when I'm around really good close friends that I can have deep conversations with. And that's probably the main the main one where we can just talk about anything in life and we inspire each other. Yeah, a hundred percent. I think it's really important to be around people that are like minded and that share the same like um passions as you. I think it's just it takes things to a new level. Like you get inspired and you can think of ideas and um kind of just vibe up each other, which is awesome. Yeah, exactly. And then you get to a stage where, or for me, it's like, oh my gosh, I feel so inspired. Like, and then all these ideas start flowing and like, ah, and I'm like, okay, calm down. Yeah. <laughs> some, some don't stick, like probably majority of my like ideas that, you know, are kind of just in the air when you're around people that are like so passionate about what you're passionate about. So many of them don't stick, but you get that one kind of um, idea that sticks and you kind of just go from there. Yeah, exactly, which is – and sometimes all you need is one idea, you know? Yeah, definitely. So yeah. tell us about your journey. So when did, you like, this all start for you? How did you get into acting? And, like, I guess did acting – was acting the first thing um, you did or did were you into, like, other arts before dancing? I mean, acting, fire arts, seriously. Not okay today. <laughs> uh, it's one of those days. Um, so I've – I've always wanted to act. I can remember when I was younger, you know, mum would ask me or someone would ask me, what do you want to do? And I would just say, I just want to act. And I wouldn't really think about it. It was just there. It was just in me. And I, you know, I went through school and I did that and I focused on that. But towards the end of high school, I really, it was still kind of coming to the surface still. And I focused on school and I graduated and got my HSC because I did that in New South Wales, school in New South Wales. And I've just, it was, it's always just been within me. And then I had a gap year and (laughs) cut in. As every, as like, as so many people do after this stress of like, um, you know, HSC or VCE, wherever you are. But yeah, Mm. it's like, it's like a common thing to do a gap year. Yeah, and it's like, you know, if people, like, say in the States, for example, they're like, oh, you did a gut? Yeah, you're like, yeah. So, I mean, it's just an Australian, it's a very big Australian thing, I think, from what I've heard, that to just have a year off. It's like, yeah, well, we've just worked so hard for the last, like, pretty much our whole lives. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> the last 15 years. Yeah, literally. Like, we deserve to have some fun. Um, yeah. 
So I did that. I was in Japan for a few months living and working in the snow, which is amazing. Definitely recommend a snow season to anyone that's keen. Um, <laughs> it's a lot of fun. And then I did uni. I actually did uni for one year. I remember being in year 12 and, you know, when they have the careers days where the unis come with their little stalls and you can have a look and get plant pamphlets for what you want to do at university. Um, I remember, I remember sit, sitting there or, like, walking around and I, I was thinking, what's the closest thing to acting? Yeah, what's the closest? Literally, I'm like, creative industries, I'll do that. So I did a one year at QUT in Brisbane in the creative industries degree. So I did fashion and advertising and then I changed second semester to drama and advertising. So I was like, oh, drama, acting. (laughs) And I lasted a year because I remember writing, this is something that I say all the time, but I remember there's like a core unit in creative industries that everyone does. So I was in mainly with my fashion people and a few other people from random like, you know, advertising or art or something. And very basic assessment. And at the end, there's a box and it said, out of 10, how much do you want to be doing what you're doing? And I was in fashion at the time, right? And I wrote 10 out of 10 brackets acting. (laughs) And I I look back to that moment and I'm like, I just knew. I knew the whole time that it just wasn't for me. And so I decided to defer. Mm for a year never went back and um look I'm really glad I went to uni because it really allowed me to realize that acting is my thing and I just personally felt so called to it that I just I was doing classes and stuff outside of uni too um and it was just the thought of I'm doing exactly what I'm doing at the drama uni course that I'm doing outside of uni so I might as well just do it once a week once or twice a week you know, in the evenings. Yeah, yeah. And so I did that. And then, so that was 2016. So I started training properly and doing classes and short films and everything like that in 2015 on my gap year because I was just working and doing acting stuff. So that was really cool. And so after that, I, you know, just was doing different classes and training and doing lots of student short films, short films, web web series and kind of just getting experience and, you know, meeting new people and just growing as an actor. If I look back at some of my first self tapes, my, like, oh, uh, uh, like pat on the back, like you're, you've grown. <laughs> you yeah, yeah people- sure. it's crazy when you look back and you see um, like old self tapes or even old like um, things that were filmed in, you know, workshops and stuff and you keep a copy of it. It's crazy to see how you have grown and you don't really know that you don't think about that on a daily basis I guess so then when you look at things like old clips and all that stuff it's it kind of brings you back to like oh my god um that's how that's you know I've improved so much and it's kind of a visual like picture of how much you've improved and you can kind of go off that and realize that you actually have and you're not just you haven't just been doing the same thing for you know however many years yeah and I think it's that's like 100% like you know on it on it I'll never say that like I 100% agree with that Mm. and I remember watching I remember being my first workshop I think before maybe year 10 this is very Mm. at the start of my like at the very start mum was driving me up to Brisbane from Gold Coast in the pouring rain. She wasn't happy. And I remember just being sitting in that workshop and, you know, maybe I was 16 or something. And I remember I just wanted to cry because I felt so insecure. I felt so scared. There was maybe six other people there. They were all so lovely. And I was with the casting director and she was beautiful. And she knew it was my first time, but it was so nerve wracking. And if I look back to that moment and compare it to me now, it's mm. such a beautiful like reflection to just be like, oh wow, like I've kept going. It's become the norm to be in front of a camera. I still get scared sometimes. Still don't express myself one hundred percent all the time. But it's so nice to have that that visual representation, like in the self tape 
Mm. Well, there's the res- resumes that we can be like, oh, there was one thing, and now there's, you know, the whole page. Um, sure. But I think it's really nice to remember where and why we started and to look back, even if it was six months ago or 10 years or whatever it is, to mm. just have that to be like, oh, I'm actually like, like have a moment of like, I'm really proud of myself because I'm still doing it and look where I was. Little did baby. You, yeah, Little did baby. you get... Um, so you didn't do like did you do necessarily teen classes or you kind of did that workshop and then kind of took a break until you finished school to go full-time acting I guess or yeah so I actually did drama in primary school Mm. um I think that was like once once or twice a week I did that for a few years and then I for some reason high school I did not want to do drama dad was like Anna you want to be an actor why are you not doing drama I was like I don't want to do it dad okay yeah I didn't do it but I I I didn't do it either but I think well my school didn't really offer it and then you kind of get um you kind of just get pushed in a weird way in high school to just do one thing and like yeah everyone else is doing so it's not really motivating unless you have that like one special teacher that's like yeah do this this is your thing um or if you have a school that's super supportive of the arts and runs that, like even musicals I didn't do because I'm like, I, well, I can't sing. There's no point. But now looking back, it's like, well, it's not really all of about singing in the musicals. Like you can get parts that are not singing parts and stuff. But you just, I don't know, did you feel pressure from like your peers around you not to do that? Or did you kind of just not have any interest in doing drama at school? Yeah, like if I think about it now, I definitely, acting was still a very big part of me and I still really wanted to do it. Um, but I think, like you just said, high school is a weird kind of, if I look back on it, high school is a weird time in our lives where there's a lot of pressure from other, you know, the other students, the other kids, friends, other groups that maybe you think are cooler than you or they think they're cooler and you don't want to seem uncool. And maybe it was like a a subconscious kind of fear of being judged because definitely experienced that in high school and like not intensely, but there was definitely that judgment that was floating around. Um, And I think I didn't, maybe I just didn't want to fully, fully admit it to myself that I wanted to do it. Like even in year 12, year 11, the careers counsellor, we, you know, we had our individual sessions with her. What do you want to do at uni? What do you want to do? And I just said, I don't know. And then my, but I knew it was just acting, acting, acting. But I didn't want to admit that to her to be like, oh, I want to act. Because I was like, oh, what if someone says, oh, but no, that's not ideal or that's not doable. Or so maybe there was just subconsciously that happening yeah. all like seen together. It kind of leads into, like, when you get older after high school, that kind of leads into um, where your, um, like, fear fear comes from in a little bit as well because you get told, like, you can't do that. And then when you are in the situation where you are doing it and you're in a course or something like that, um, like an acting course, that's where the fear comes from. A lot of your nerves and things like that come from what you've been told growing up and what you can and can't do I guess and the um whole system the whole school system puts a really big fear in you because they only go by you know you finish school uni house family all that kind of stuff um and then you go into an acting course and all these people are like not doing any of that so you get you get that look and then you go and you have to perform and then the fear is like there because yeah. you can't help but have a little bit of fear towards what you're doing because you don't know if it's going to work or not, even though it's a workshop. Like, just mm-hmm. get it as a workshop and that's it. At the, you know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. And I think it's it's really interesting because I feel like life puts, like we, you know, yeah, 100%, you know, how we grow up, where we grow up, the people around us, we don't know it, but it's being, it's like influencing and impacting who we will be when we're an, as an adult. Mm. And a lot of like my journey has been, especially over the last five years, has been diving deep into all of that. And recently, end of last year, a lot of stuff came up around acting. And, you know, my mum was very, she always supported me, but it was very much 
like she was worried that I wouldn't get any work, that I wouldn't make enough money as an actor, that nothing would happen. And like they were all hers. That wasn't anything with me. But, you know, growing up as a kid, they were just, I guess, um, un- unconsciously put into my system. And that was a lot of like removing that from me and removing that from her energy field and just like it wasn't actually anyone's it was just fear and um it's pretty crazy how it kind of can just be put placed on and in us without our really decision for it to happen yeah Um, so it's um life is it's interesting and being human is really interesting and it's magical at the same time you know Definitely. And what um what um kind of um courses did you do? So where where was your main school? Did you have a main school that you would go to to do workshops and what was that like? Yeah, so I I've done I've trained at a few different spots. So I started training on the Gold Coast. So I never did uni. I didn't do a degree for acting. I have been in classes like ongoing class since 2015 with different teachers and mentors and private coaching and stuff like that um that was that was kind of my journey I tried a couple of times to get into unis but I just didn't work out so okay well that's not my journey that's not my path um so I guess for Australian people Gold Coast I was at the warehouse workshop on the Gold Coast with Phil Holder um and then I was there for 2015 and then I started tra- training with a lady called Rebecca O'Sullivan in 2016 to 2018, start of 2018. And that was all different techniques, voice, accents, all the all things, movement. And then in 2018 I moved to Sydney and I was there for just about four years, just under four years. And I moved down there to pursue acting more so I was getting too comfortable on the Gold Coast. I was like, oh, something needs to shift. I need to jump into the unknown a little bit, you know. Sure. Um, and I started training down there with AMAW, so Anthony Mandel's Actors Workshop, and I really loved that. And I was with them for a few years, and I trained with Anthony in a workshop in New York when I travelled, and then I did a few weeks in LA in 2019 at AMAW as well. And I just love their, they don't really have a technique per se. That's more so they do like script in hand work. And so I I learned like cold reading and being able to still connect to the other person and just live in that present moment and not so, you know, do the work on it, but then throw all that out the window and just be whatever comes up in the scene. If you prepped it being angry, but then the scene, you're both laughing and, Mm. You're just laughing about the situation. Go with that because that's what the present moment's bringing you. Yeah. And so that's what I loved about AMAW. I really freed myself up a lot in those classes. Um, it's a constant journey of discovering, like, life is art. Life is art. Art is life. Mm. Um, and then I've done – I worked with Les Chantry, who's incredible. He changed a lot for me. Um and now I'm with, I've just started back on the Gold Coast with creating artists with Joel Pierce. So this broad range of teachers and I think it's good to, for me, I've loved doing that because I've discovered what kind of way I like to train and act and I feel like you always kind of attract what you need at the right time. So I just kind of trust that. Yeah, yeah definitely. I think it's important, yeah, just to be, to be uncomfortable, it's it's important not to get too complacent in the courses that you're doing because eventually you are in the same you're in either the same school or you're around the same actors in every course and you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. you form this comfortability, which is good. Like it's all it's all good and well to have like to be comfortable in a course and things like that. But the sense of like an a new environment a new group of people and a new teacher is is like starting all over again and you um you don't have this like old expectation of what you are or what people have seen how people have seen you perform you have this whole like blank slate and you can just go in and like put everything that you've learned from other teachers into a performance or into a new course and I think it's so like I've just recently done that and it feels so good like it just it feels 
good and you've got your like old nerves back because you, you're around new people and yeah I feel like in once it's once you stop getting nervous completely I feel like then that's like some sometime where you have to like reevaluate if it's what you really like want to do because I feel like nerves and nerves but in a good way like an excitement is really important to know that you're like on the right track it's like a device to know that you're on the right track which is um which is really important I think yeah I think so too it's like you know they say if you're nervous it means you care mm-hmm. and I love that because and nervous nervous and excitement are on the same spectrum of feeling they're just on the opposite ends yeah so it's like am I like I'm nervous but that also means I'm excited because I love what I do and I get to do what I love and I'm like oh yay yeah definitely <laughs> um, but it's no I totally agree and um yeah training with new people and a new teacher it, it's like, you know, it's out of our comfort zone, so we've then got to get used to that. But then, you know, when we're on set and when we're working, it's we're not going to be with the same crew and cast and director and castmates and associate people and ADs every single time. There's going to be a new set of people every time that we've got to, you know, be an actor and perform in front of and with, you know. So it's I guess it's training ground for that in a way too, which is good, mm. good thing really. Definitely. So you've done quite a bit um, in terms of credits, which is awesome to see that you're just like going from like strength to strength and that's awesome. Um, so you've done Thor, which is really exciting, and then Aquaman. How were those two projects to work on and what was it, what was it like being on set for that and what roles did you play in that? Yeah, so Thor and Aquaman were... Thor, that was so long ago. I think Thor was 2016. Um, So that was way, that was pretty much at the start of my journey, like a couple of years in. And Aquaman, I think, was the following year. And I was just, I'm so blessed that I got to work on those projects because I had moments talking to different people, you know, friends that I met on set. And we were just saying, like, this is a a huge US feature film. And wait. And, um... Thor, I had, I was, I'm very grateful. I had a, an experience where they picked me out of, you know, there was heaps of extras and they picked me out and there was, um, the director, the camera, they put tape at my feet. Mark Ruffalo came up and we were like, there was a scene where me and him were dancing together and I took his glasses off him and I put them on me and I was everything but saying a line and to be, have that experience right towards the start of my career it was I remember making eye contact with a friend on set and I was like oh my god this is so cool um right and that's a big like that's a big Hollywood film too so it's it's um that's awesome to be picked out just you know going in the in the day being like oh yeah I'm an extra and I'm gonna be a part of it and then just being picked out and having a completely like different experience yeah definitely it was, um, yeah, definitely not expected and planned. And I think, you know, looking back on that, if I can learn anything from that moment, it's like just saying yes to an opportunity that feels good mm. and that you just don't know what will happen from you saying yes. And yeah. that's what I, you know, right now in this moment, I'm like, oh, that's what I learned from that too. It's like you, you go where you feel good and you just never know what will happen. So I, yeah, that was my Thor experience and, Note to self, if you're doing long days, lots of them, and they give you huge heels, maybe ask for flats. Yeah. Oh, my God, I would die. Like, no way. That is, like, the worst fear, like, getting a a character or something and then having to be in that character who wears freaking heels as just their staple costume. I would, like, oh, my God. Yeah, I think, like, being an extra and we have to be on our feet, like, being on our feet all day, yeah. I would definitely ask for flats. But if it was a, like a lead character where you can sit down and you take them off and whatnot, I feel yes. like I'd be like, yeah, I can wear the heels. It's fine. I'll wear them. Yeah, yeah 100%. 100%. And Aquaman, was, did that come kind of in the same um, time frame or was a lot later? Yeah. So I think Aquaman was the following year and I did a few different roles on that. And that was a lot of fun as well. I made some really cool friends. They did. I was in the Italian village scene. So um, I had like a cute little outfit. I had white Nikes on with, you know, knee length 
denim shorts and like a cute little blouse and um, had my hair all like done up cute. So that was a really such a different outfit and, and environment to Thor. And we did lots of scenes. They set the, they, you know, they set, they built the set in Queens, you know, in the back of near, near the studios here. Yeah. And we, it's the scene where they look out at the Italian village where there's the beautiful pristine water. And I remember looking out into dirt. Yeah. And okay. It's so incredible what they can do. So Aquaman was really cool. There was a lot of stunts in Aquaman. I saw, you know, the stunties, like literally running over balconies, through balconies and through doors and glass and stuff and rolling over roofs. And it was really cool to see that and the same kind of, thing like the spider cam where it goes it starts from kind of the bottom the bottom and it goes it shoots up super quickly like all the way up you know it elevates it goes up in direction I guess it goes from goes to like a 45 degree angle but it goes so quickly because there's the stunt stuff happening at the top so I saw that happening that was really cool and again so many cast and crew and Jason Momoa has the most beautiful eyes. Like, they are mesmerising yeah, blue. Yeah, in interviews, it's like you can just, like, stare at him and not get bored. <laughs> yeah, literally. It was just like, wow, you're, like, it's so incredible that he has eyes like that. But they're insane. <laughs> um, That's the thing. Like, did you kind of get a bit of a culture so- shock um, being on a Hollywood set and just seeing everything and all the production value that they put into their um productions and their films and like even tv shows and things like that did you get a bit of a culture shock um just being on those two sets kind of at the beginning of your career um yes and no I mean I had before that I had done I did my co-mermaids I think that was my first ever job on set I was so excited I was like oh my god my agent called me she's like Anna can you can you do my co-mermaids so I was like yes and I was Dress ready for school. I'm like, I'm going. Um, See later, school. I'm out. I'm going to make it. Dad, I'm going on set. Like, can you call them and tell them I'm sick? He's like, Yeah, okay. I was like, Okay, thanks. Um, but I've done Make a Memories was obviously a lot smaller production, but I've done that. And then I had last minute worked for two days covering someone on Pirates of the Caribbean. So that was huge. There was like 600 extras or something on that at least yeah. um, I mean like extra extra work like you can see so much the like you know I've done quite a bit of extra work too and it's got this stigma on it that it's like oh yeah if you're an extra you're not an actor but I'm sorry like I'm I'm still on set I'm still closer to like the the hustle and bustle that's happening on a set and everything that's going on and I guess you know I don't have that pressure of um actually having to do you know what the other actors are doing I guess like yeah that's the dream but you get that time to like observe and see how everything works around you from the crew to the actors to every single department on set and you you just have that time to take it all in and observe and you just don't realize how much you learn from just being an extra yeah exactly and you just know yeah you just don't know what will happen who you'll meet um, the friends you'll make. I've made some, you know, really lovely friends on set. And it's, I think, and having those couple of experiences, and I did a couple of TV shows as well, and and then going to Thor, I feel like it was like the next kind of step up, you know, from the one, like the smaller TV shows and stuff like that. So it was, it's always like, it's always a, I don't think I got culture shock because I think I'd done a little bit. I kind of knew what to expect in a way. Um, but when I first went to Pirates of the Caribbean, I was like, whoa, this is a lot. Like there's a lot of people here who I sit, who I sit with, just go sit with anyone and say hi. And yeah. then you eventually find your people, you know, like. So, and then I remember being, I remember, I just remember this so nice. I remember being on Mako Mermaids and this was right, I was still in school. So right at the start of my journey. Um, before I did any training or anything like that. And I remember just watching them, like, the main actors do their thing. And I was like, I can do that. That's easy. Yeah. I was like, just watching them. I'm like, this, I can so do that. And I think it was really kind of, I guess, a humbling experience for me to be just watching them. And there's all this pressure and we see, sometimes we just see the outside thing of the movie and everything, the editing, the sound, the cuts, that all editing makes so much difference 
And, you know, if they misalign, you know, you just stop for a second and start again. And I remember just watching them. I'm like, oh, I can do that. Yeah. And I hadn't even started hardly doing anything. So it was really nice to just be like, okay, I'm here, I'm doing it, and I can do that. And, yeah. yeah. Definitely, definitely. So then you, you've um, Besties, which is um, a really interesting kind of plot. Um, how did you get into that and did you have any part in the production or was would you, were you just coming as an actor um, into the film? So that was, um, yeah, that was, so that was a short film and I, I, so I forget how I met him, but I met the, the, the director, I think of that, um, or the writer. And he just reached out to me and said, Hey, we need an actor. And I was like, yeah, sure, I'll do it. And um, I was pretty, I didn't have anything to do with the production on that one. I was hired, I was, you know, for the acting, one of the roles. And that was, you know, we filmed out in like the back of Brisbane, I think, in a forest. So that was really interesting. It was a really good learning curve, that film. Um, And, yeah, I learned a lot. And I met the other girl that I did it with, Sam. She was really, she's lovely and we're still in contact now. So that was really nice. Yeah, so it was one of my first short films, I think. Yeah, for sure. And you've got your own, speaking about short films, you like you are producing and writing your own um, debut short film, which is awesome, called, please forgive me if I'm pronouncing this wrong, but El Sol, is that right? Yeah, El Sol, yeah. Yeah, tell us Um, what that's about and what it's like getting into the production side of things for you. How is that treating you and... Will you continue doing it after this short film? Yeah, so um, El Sol's been a really beautiful journey. So El Sol means the sun in Spanish. Mm-hmm. And I am very slowly learning Spanish and that's kind of where it came from. And I just love the sun in general. And so I I was doing a film mastermind for pretty much the whole of last year and it's all about keep she keeps us accountable and we work on our ideas and bring stories to life and um i give big props to izzy stevens who runs um indie spunk and she was i said i had a few ideas and she's like which one is calling out to you right now i was like well you know this short film about me my best friend and talking about loss and body image and friendship and long story short, that's what I ended up writing. You know, we did lots of editing on the writing stage of it. And then we filmed it in June last year, in 2020. And then post-production took a few months. Um, and I think maybe October, November, I had a final edit. Yeah. Um, after about 10 different edits, you know, sometimes they were little, like, change it back to this one second earlier, like little baby ones, or they were, like, bigger edits at the start. And I think it was really, it's such a beautiful journey because El Sol is based on me and my life and my friendship with Georgie, who's in it with me. Yeah. And, um, this, you know, through grief and loss that I've experienced and body, as my body's changed, as I've gotten older, hormonal changes, losing my period, getting it back and mm-hmm. how my body changed with that and how I struggled with that and still kind of working through that. And just the friendship that I have with Georgie and talking about that and not making it about a guy. I didn't want to have a short film that I was talking about a guy that I was heartbroken. And that's still a big thing and um, in daily life and life in general. But I wanted this film to be about two best friends talking about life and being there for each other at the end of the day. And I feel really proud of that. And it was 90% women in the team as well, which I'm really proud of as well and to be able to just create my own work and not wait for anyone anymore and I've gotten to the stage where I know I say all the time that we create our realities like thoughts I'm very conscious of my how I speak about the world about myself about what I'm doing and I think creating this short film really showed me that I could do it I'm like oh my god Anna like sometimes I have to remind myself you made a film like that's let's take that in they're like people like wow congrats and like yeah 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 cool thanks like it i think yeah when you make a short film you realize what you can do and um 
it's like it's an experience making short films is it's putting your all the work that you've done and all the training that you've had um into practice Mm, yes exactly and it kind of just showed me like having spending the time to find the right cast and crew um to help you on that journey caitlin who directed it was one of her first directing gigs and i you know i you know i spoke to her beforehand because i wrote it and produced it as well and we we brainstormed and i said like this is what i kind of want but i wanted to just for my first film at least focus on producing writing and acting there's a lot that goes into that so i was like let's just get someone to help help you on the day to direct it so you're not director, producer, actor mode, you know. (laughs) Don't want to wear three hats um, this time around. But she was beautiful and it really showed me that I have come so far, especially even just in my acting and things that I've been struggling with, you know, um, that have been in my blind spots for so long and I've been working on releasing them. They came out and I was able to express myself fully with the help of Caitlin and everyone else and Georgie. And I'm like, wow, I'm really proud. Like, I am so proud of myself because, you know, we, I believe, you know, we all get these ideas and to act on them is scary and to decide to do something is a little bit nerve-wracking sometimes. But when you do it, you're like, oh, I can do that. Oh, my God, I did that. Oh, my God. And you prove to yourself that you can do it. You sure. So that's what I learned from El Sol. And it was a big journey, learning of pre-production and, next time what I would do maybe get someone else on even more full time I guess just for even like a week or two just to help me with like I had a million like I'm talking a million tabs open my brain like the week before filming generator food oh I had to get people's dietary requirements I've got to do that it's just like constant lists everywhere um definitely and was it self-funded or did you did you manage to get like funding from grants or like started GoFundMe and things like that. Yeah, so part of the film film mastermind that I was in, uh, she we learned a lot about crowdfunding. So mm-hmm. I crowdfunded for it on Kickstarter and I did a full campaign. So I did a video and I spent t- like the, the campaign I spent maybe a month on before I launched it and mm-hmm. that included recording the video about three times, editing it together. I wrote, you know, where the money's going introducing some of the, like myself and Georgie, the cast, and then a few of the, the mate, the key kind of, um, everyone's key. I take that back. Some of, some of the crew, um, and just spending time on like the amounts of donations and what you get and all that type of stuff. So I launched on Kickstarter and I had a goal. I think I had a goal of five and a half thousand and I ended up getting, um, eight, just over 8,000. Um, and like, in saying that, it was nearly every one to two days I would be outreaching to people, sending personal messages, explaining the project, why it's so like why it's important to me, how their help would, how their support would help. If they couldn't donate, maybe share it. And I spent a whole month outreaching to people, emails, Instagram, Facebook messages. Like there's a lot of work that went into it, but it paid off so well because I got nearly three times the amount that I asked for and I was like wow and I had 99 people donate and then other people support me in other ways and I just I constantly remind myself that I'm like Anna that's 90 99 people that support in just you know and in that specific way so I did crowdfunding and if you do it the right way I think crowdfunding is a really good way to go about it and kickstarter I really I actually really loved you have to on kickstarter you have to raise 100% the whole total of your goal to get any of the money. So, and you have a deadline. So having a deadline helps. I'm like, cool, I've got 30 days to get all this money. So, and that helps people pay as well. Like compared to GoFundMe, you can have it open-ended and stuff like that. Um, and it's like the look at Kickstarter as well. So um, if you put the energy and work into it, you'd be surprised at who wants to support you. And that's what I learned through this as well. Like so many people... Like they're watching and they're seeing and they they want to help and I think that's really a really nice um, outcome of it and yeah so I'm really I'm so grateful that it turned out because it just took the pressure off and it's like I can pay my people yeah definitely a hundred percent I think it's so great when you reach 
the goal and even more than the goal um budget wise because then then you have more you have the freedom to do things that you didn't plan for as well Mm. yes exactly which is a good feeling are you submitting the film into film festivals yet or you kind of just um seeing what film festivals are out there and then uh, then you're going to submit i guess um yeah so i have submitted i've started submitting i started submitting probably at the end of last year um and i've submitted to maybe 15 or 20 and a most majority of them are still you know not decided yet um i did get semi-finalist at sanctuary film festival on the gold coast um so that was my first acceptance which is really exciting um so I have a little laurel that says semi-finalist. I'm like, oh, I'm so proud. <laughs> the laurels are awesome. Love yeah. the laurels. They look really cool. And I put it on the poster. I was like, oh, this looks good. Yeah, 100%. Um, They're so much fun. So I have my first selection of a semi-finalist. I'm like, okay, cool. And I'm like, that's a good sign. That's the start of this journey. So, yes, mm-hmm. definitely submitting to festivals. And I will be for probably the next year. And then probably next year, I'd say, it'll be available online. But, um, yeah, just going to um, keep submitting and putting it out there. And, um, yeah, but I released a trailer two days ago, so that's really exciting. I've been wanting to do that for a while. So, yeah, that's really exciting. Yeah, so what's, I guess, reaching the end of the podcast, what's next for you? What do you hope to do in the next year or so, even if it's with the short film that you've just done or just future projects, I guess? Yeah, so I think in the next year, focusing on getting El Sol out there and just making sure, you know, not making sure, but allowing it to be seen and heard by people around the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have a couple of ideas for feature films. I think that's kind of where I'm headed. I want to write a feature, um, just kind of deciding on what to write about because I've got two ideas and kind of just not putting too much pressure on myself either over the next year of just really focusing on acting this year and, you know, still working on writing things. But acting is acting's always my main goal, focus. Yeah. But this year I really, being on set and acting this year is my main, that's my project for the year is me and my destiny. Yeah, definitely. I think it, and it helps when you have done a project that's completely your own because it makes you appreciate, um, you know, even other creators and what they're doing. And when you're in their projects, it makes you appreciate that even more because you get to work on their projects and work on your craft um, at the same time. So I think that's that's awesome. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's a different appreciation for it. And, yeah, it allows, I guess, allows you to go into it with a different mindset, which is nice, more grounded, I think. Definitely. So we have reached the end of the podcast and at, um, all the episodes that I've done, um, we raise, I get my guests to raise awareness to something because I think it's super important. You know, we can talk about all of this stuff within the arts and things like that, but there are a lot more kind of important things or situations that are happening in the world that um, deserve to have their, you know, shed some light on them. So I just wanted to know today what you wanted to talk about and if you yeah just want to share that then I guess that would be a beautiful ending to the podcast amazing so mine might be a little bit different to what other people have said um it's not so much a an organization or a charity but it's more so I just think I think a big part of me is and what I feel so passionate about is bringing awareness to like ourselves and the power that we have from within us. And sometimes we may go outside of ourselves to find answers and look for direction. But I think for me, it's bringing awareness to that we have everything we need within us. We have all the answers we need within us. And every time we listen to our intuition, it gets stronger. It's the, what I've learned. It's, it's the little quiet voice that says, yes, do this or no, don't do that the overthinking ego mind and the fear mind is the uh, stressful, like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. And if we listen to that quiet whisper, it gets stronger each time. And just remember, whoever's listening, remember that you have everything that you need within you 
And anyone who tells you you don't, uh, I don't know. <laughs> but you have everything you need within you and that's what I'd like to bring awareness to. It's like you have all the answers that you will ever need to trust yourself. Definitely. I think that's really important, you know, within our age bracket as well, like being in your early 20s or late 20s or just in your 20s in general. I think, you know, you if a lot of people can let that, like, voice get to them and they don't achieve what they want to achieve and I yeah I think it's really important to raise awareness to that so people know that they can do anything because we all can we can do anything if we set our mind to it and if we just ignore the people that don't serve us in what we want to do and are not encouraging us to do what we want to do because I I see no point in having relationships with people that are going to only amplify that voice that's telling you you can't do things yeah exactly and um we've just gotta it's as simple as just yeah coming back to ourselves and trusting that and sometimes that's scary but we really do we are all we're gonna ever need at the end of the day is ourselves and us and me and you with you you know yeah, definitely, definitely. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Um, it's been great chatting to you and I and I just wish you the best of luck with everything that you do in the future and with our soul. I think it's it sounds like a beautiful story and I'm I'm I can't wait to watch it. So hopefully you can premiere it when you've done your film festival circuit because I know how intense that can be as well. So yeah, good luck with everything and yeah, hopefully you can come back on the podcast at some point in the future. I'd love to. Thank you so much, though. It's been such a nice chat. It's really nice to just, you know, connect with a fellow creative and artist and just chat about life and projects and our journeys here on Earth. Um, and can I just, can I say my production page if anyone wants to watch the trailer? Oh, my God, yes, of course, of course. <laughs> um, so just pat. Patch Productions underscore if you want to check out El Sol, that would mean the world. And, yeah, yeah but it's been so nice. Thank you so much for having me and definitely be back on the potty. Love to come Yes, back. definitely, 100%. Thank you so much. Amazing. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for listening to this podcast. You can find us on whatever podcast platform you use. And while you're still there, please leave us a comment, review, and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Thank you.